health class taught us surprising amount and we went to a pretty bad school yeah i mean <laughs> it was because of health like i knew how to put a rubber on and shit like that like because it's like less awkward because in health class when we all had to take turns putting condoms on the teacher it was like <laughs> if it was like if it was, with your, if it was with your dad it would be so much more awkward Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life went 91 episodes over five seasons on Fox and then later moving to the WB. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Lily Be Good, originally airing January 10th, 2001. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, most of the boys, Nick, Gordo, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hey, oh. You watch Oz? <laughs> Ferg just started watching Oz this week. I know. I He's so that. excited about it. What episode does Ferg miss? The one where they mention Oz. Fuck. You know what's interesting about this show? It's the tipping point of before the world changed. Yes. I thought the same thing. It's like right on the cusp. Like they're having things about like, the cable box and the skinamax and like the like is everything yep. just got a little different yeah. right yeah. after this show it'd be really interesting to see like the last season of it and compare it to the first yep to just how society changed so much the very early 2000s i feel like are going to be kind of like a lost era and there's so many things that are distinct about it like the way this show is shot is very like of that time you know what it's like it's like malcolm in the middle I was going to say that yes. Malcolm in the Middle spawned a bunch of parodies that basically just yeah. like ripped off their style because they they're not studio audience sitcoms, but they're they're like set up like a studio audience sitcom, but they're not filmed like one. Yeah, and they have weird interludes that are shot all chaotic. Right. Yeah, and a lot of wacky guitar riffs. I feel like the two thousands are like you know you can find a lot of the seventies into the early eighties and so on for like nineties into the two thousands. But like the early two thousands seem to be standing alone entirely. You see a lot of it in sitcoms. I've come to find out. We might not be removed enough from it to see it, you know, 20 years now. It's like, well, yeah, this is, yeah, this is over 20 years now. Well, if you go like late seventies, even to the nineties, right? Like using Sherman Helmsley, an example, right? If you look at the Jeffersons and then you look at amen, they're the same format right it's 15 years right. later but everything seems the same and then you go five years 10 years later and then it's stuff like this and then into the office and like everything yeah feels much different now so it's like weird when you see a tv show that's done like a 70s sitcom like it genuinely feels like a throwback because so few people do it and guys i just want to remind everyone really quick go to s1e1pod.com that's where you can find all the links to our social media everywhere to listen to us uh be sure to rate review subscribe to all that stuff but S1E1Pod on Instagram and Twitter, that's where you can interact with us there. So go ahead and do that. To continue on and talk about Grounded for Life specifically, guys, um, remembrance of the show, did you guys watch a lot of it in its original run? I watched it. I've seen an episode or two, but I could not tell. You know who made me get the member berries is the mother. I don't know who the mother is Same. on the show, but I remember her on the show. Because she was that hot mom. Saw it in passing a bunch. I don't. I, I imagine it was in syndication because I don't think I was watching it. In the, well, maybe I was, honestly. But the uncle, the dude who's from 
You know, like pineapple, not pineapple express. I, I like yeah, um, super bad. Yeah, I he always gets John me. Linguizamo like, <laughs> two, <laughs> two. Well, I mean, he's got such a crazy career too because he's in like so many weird things too. Like he's in Goodfellas, right? People from Goodfellas keep popping up, and he's in Detroit Rock City that we talk about fairly often, oddly on this show. Like he's always kind of the same character. The too. Departed. He's great in The Departed. Who is he in The Departed? He's the cousin who he does the drug deals with at first when Leonardo. Oh, that's trying right. To. Holy shit! Yeah. No, but I always liked that guy. This was your pick, right? It was, yeah. And it was I only picked this show because it was one of the commercials we saw on Sabrina the Teenage yeah, Witch. That's right. Um, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot about the show. And I'm pissed Ferg's not here because the main character, um, whose name is escaping me. His, his character name or his real name? His real name. The dad? Yeah. Donald Logue. He is in, uh, I believe, at least one of the Blades, which Ferg is a huge fan of. He was a vampire in one of the Blade movies, so... Oh, that makes sense. Bumferg's not here. He's in a million things, too. And Gordo, I know where your member berries are from, and I laughed so hard when I realized this. So Megan Price, who plays the mom, I immediately yep. remembered her recently because we watched all of that show with The Ranch. Okay. Uh, the Netflix show. And that guy, Brad, the kid Brad in this is in The Ranch as well, weirdly. But um, do you know who she is? She's the love interest in Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector, a movie <laughs> that you had the poster of on your goddamn wall in your apartment for years. Wow. She is, but was she anything else? You need more than the girl from the poster that was like in your room forever? Yeah, she literally was on your wall like hugging Larry the Cable Guy for like three years. No, but there's got to be something else I remember her from. She was right above where you kept your pile of, uh, God, were the Wendy's burgers we all ate at your apartment all the time. They Baconators? Just Baconators, yeah. The pile of Baconators was under her in your apartment for years. Well, is that the, yeah, the apartment with the sheet that I had for a door? To be fair, I have one of those too, so. She actually has a pretty small you know, acting, amount of acting credits. She's not in a ton of stuff. Was she in Unhappily? She wasn't in Unhappily ever. Like, you I know what I think it is? I think she might, I think she might look like somebody else. She might. I'm not really sure because, I mean, she's in like one episode of like, you know, 20 different shows and then a regular on this one and there's really not much else. It's like this and The Ranch were the two big things. And she did 91 episodes of Grounded for Life. She did... 17 episodes of Late Line, which I've never even heard of. No. So, I mean, she was on the Drew Carey show for two episodes. Yeah, I feel like she pops in as, like, love interest on TV shows. She was in Saved by the Bell New Class. I probably did see that. That comes up often, too. I liked the New Class. And then one episode of Quantum Leap, which you've probably also seen her in. I did have that noted. She's from, one of, I think, the last season. Yeah. Drew Carey. That's that's it. It could be it. I mean, it was only two episodes. No, yeah. I don't, well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I loved me some Drew Carey. I know that's a show that we definitely need to cover at some point. There's so many shows that I think we all just think someone else will pick. So we don't. Yeah. It's like you don't want to waste your pick because, you know, someone else will eventually do it. I've honestly held off on the Drew Carey show for so long because I've been actively looking to find it somewhere to watch even illegally. But that's one of those shows where there's so much music that even Drew Carey was like, it's never going to happen. But they made the Wonder Years work. So hopefully when we do do our Secret Santa, let's all just buy each other the. The Drew Carey box set. I'm there, I mean, there used to be those bootleg websites where you could buy like every show and somebody would burn you a DVD of it, but that mm-hmm. seems like it's probably not a very big market anymore. Everything's findable somewhere. That show is so big that it's it's somewhere. You'll find it. We might as well get into the episode itself. So it starts with just like the logo, which is like over just the scene that's already in progress and like a guitar riff. There's a lot of these like quick guitar riff things that happen. Do you know who it is? No, I didn't know it was someone specific. I never looked at that. Yeah, up. so the entire show is scored by the two guys from Ween. <laughs> what? No yeah, shit. Remember, remember that band Ween, like Chocolate and Cheese? Yeah. 
those two dudes. So the reason that every second of the show is like, is because like the two dudes from ween like i don't know if they got this gig after they did like the orgasmo song or something but yeah when i like looked up because i was like the score is really interesting for a tv show it's like oh it's the ween guys it does fit the show though it does fit yeah did you guys see all the weird wrestling stuff about this show yeah there's like almost there's like wrestling stuff in the background in almost every episode yeah, there's a luthez picture on their wall in the living room which is pretty amazing is there did they get into a reason for that no, they never explain it. And I guess one of the kids later on always has WWE stuff in his room. Yeah. So somebody, I'm guessing somebody on the cast or production team just really likes wrestling. They said the last few episodes of those shows run, they flipped the pillow over though. So I wonder if like they were like, hey, stop using our stuff. I bet it was more that they were like, oh, hey, it's 2006 and wrestling is fucking abysmal right now and we don't even want to support it. Could also be part of it. Also, uh, Jay, I, I noticed this on the IMDb trivia. This is the only show to have ever switched networks mid-season. It switched from Fox to, what'd you say? The WB. WB? Middle of a season. Like, it was immediately picked up. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, there were two unaired episodes because of it. It was almost like they're like, no, we don't like it. We'll start from this one. I wonder if those are on, like, a DVD or something. Yeah. Interesting, though. Yeah. All right, so while this first scene's happening, we just see, like, it's like a shot of a kid's foot, and he's standing on top of a table. And he's kicking over like a potted thing of flowers and some other stuff onto the floor. And it pans out and you see it's two kids who are like playing floor is lava and basically destroying the entire room. It's funny now because like floor is lava has become like a big thing now because there's like a Netflix show based around it. Oh, is there? Yeah, we've always played it as kids. It's a pretty interesting show, Joe. You'd like it. Yeah, that seems intriguing. It's an easy watch, and because I now have a good opportunity to do it, season two just came out, and there's an episode uh, with a few AEW guys, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chris Statlander, and I think Chuck Taylor are one of the teams that have to play Flores Lava. I would watch that. Yeah, I don't, I, it's like one of my niece's favorite games to play, too, but I think that's just something that is a forever thing, right? Like, yeah. when you'd be at the supermarket, and there'd be different colored tile floors, and you would be like, all right, we're not going to step on the orange ones. Oh, I didn't. I never called it Flores Lava. What'd you call it? I didn't have a name for it. I just did weird like steps. It almost, it makes it even harder to explain. Yeah. <laughs> like, Gordo, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> Without the risk of burning your feet, what is this game? Well, yeah, I, I would just step like over the lines and I'd not step in certain ones, which I guess is what Flora's Lava is, but I never called it that. No right. one ever told me this is what that game is. Yeah, they're, they're like, like I said, destroying this fucking living room. The mother walks downstairs. Uh, her name's Claudia, by the way, because she hears all the noise. And when the kids are explaining what they're doing, she hops up on the couch with them. And I'm thinking, wouldn't you fucking kill them right now? Like, that's what I thought, too. They're just like kicking lamps off of tables. Yeah. Yeah. If they were just playing and making noise, I can see the mom coming down and being like, OK, let's have fun. But you have to sweep up broken lamps now. Like, that's yeah. an anger moment. Just to talk about the house itself for a bit. It's weird. It's not as typical sitcom house because it's a little more cramped it feels it like more of a real house yeah it feels realistic it which i really love it feels like they would live in that house do we know where this takes place i didn't catch it they say eventually i think they say staten island oh staten island they say it in the show yeah okay say, yeah well we know well, well actually technically we only know that the father grew up in staten island so it's a there's a chance it's not there but i'll assume that that's where they live yeah it seems like these are the people who like grow up get married and don't leave right their town you know so one of the boys tells her that her foot got burnt when she came down and he's trying to draw a line on her face with a marker. And if you look at their faces, they all have like 
thick black lines like under their faces. They're like it's like war paint. They're like yeah, but it's more like tally marks. It, I thought it was like war paint at first until it gets explained, but it's just like a scoreboard on their face. There are uh, those are washable markers. At least it wasn't a sharpie. True. And uh, mom asked where Lily is because she's supposed to be watching them. So I guess it's they have the three kids. It's the two boys and um, Lily, who's the daughter, who's like more a focal point. The two boys are kind of like they're always in the background, but like the two of them don't seem to have at least in this episode different character traits. Like we just covered yeah. Charles in charge recently, and like those two boys were polar opposites. But these two kids just they very much complement each other. They just mirror one another the whole time. This also seems like the kind of show where like those kids will become centralized characters as they get older. You know, sometimes in sitcoms, it's like we've got these two little kids and then once they're like teenagers, you're like, it's more of an investment. Yeah, you can develop a story around them now. Did you guys happen to see the interesting tidbit about the girl who plays Lily? No, no. Just that she's a Scientologist. So, oh, that sucks. I don't know how imdb trivia works if anybody can add it, if it needs to be fact checked. I I think so, because it's usually just insane shit. The character oh i'm an idiot never mind <laughs> what was it what were you gonna say so i thought it said the person who plays the character but apparently the character lily was born at live aid philadelphia in 1985 and delivered by run dmc i fucking actress that did it so okay this makes more sense then what an amazing story that would be <laughs> we need a reverend He's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Is there a jam master in the building? When she says, you know, she's supposed to be watching the two of you. They say, like, well, we don't need a babysitter. And no sooner the, do they say that one of them falls onto the floor. And then he gets up and he says that he burned his hiney. And that's when Lily and the dad walk in. Dad, who's, uh, his name is Sean. And she's heading, like, straight up the stairs, like, because they're coming from outside. And the two are arguing. And then Lily tells her dad that he violated her civil rights. And he says, no, it's more like your right to privacy. The son tells him that he's standing in lava, but uh, he's pretty quick to reply and say that he has titanium boots on when he chases Lily up the stairs, which I got to say, it's like being around kids who play that game. You do I've things used that. like that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've used that move. Yeah, those, those are the lines like, when this beer's done, or these boots are titanium, or I have a uh, super armor, you can't chop my arm off. Like, yeah, you just like whip them out to like not get involved. Does titanium not melt? I did not look into that. I don't know the titanium's uh, tensile strength against lava, but that, that might be worth looking up. I don't know as a 36-year-old man, so I assume that these children don't know either. So it's good enough to, uh, to at least give you a pass to run up the stairs. So titanium melts at 3,034 degrees. That's pretty hot. And lava is 1,300 to 2,200 degrees. So he's right. He's good. Huh. Great. Wow. His feet. Would cook, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they would not catch fire, I guess. See? All right. We're learning something. Science. What'd you guys do today? I learned about titanium and lava. It sounds like such a little kid thing to say. All you guys do is science podcast. <laughs> exactly. So Claudia tries to yell up at him to remind him that there's that they're going to be late for dinner. But in the process, she steps off the couch and the son yells, you know, lava and draws a line on her face. Now, you could tell that she's dressed up to go out. She has like a nice dress up and some makeup. A nice dress on. I said a nice dress up. She now grunts at him and picks him up and like lays him on the floor, which, you know, to him is lava. And it just like the scene kind of ends with the camera panning on him while he's like shaking and screaming like lava, lava, I'm burning. Um, if any one of our mothers was getting ready to go out and we drew um, with marker on her face, we wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> Different scenario. Yeah. My mom would draw on my face with a wooden spoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I believe my father's belt would be on my face. Yeah, that's uh, that's a dangerous move. Uh, one interesting thing about the show, too, that I think makes sense as you start watching it is that the backstory of the parents is that they had their first kid and got married when they were 18. So they're only like 32 living in all this chaos. So they're like crazy young. But they're, I will say, and we'll touch on it more as we go along, but I think one of the problems I had with the show is that the parents are like, they're fun parents, but they're not parents enough. Yeah. But I think that's because they're 32. The original name for this show was Young Parents. Really? And networks didn't like it. It's a terrible name. Then they switched it to the the grandfather's like monologue, his first monologue when he's giving like the birds and the bees talk. The show was going to be called Sperm, Egg, Now This. And the networks were like, no. And then they settled That's another on terrible name. Grounded for life. So I guess it went the way it should have. Grounded for life kind of makes sense. It's, um yeah, I don't know. I get that they're young parents, but even if you're, we're still talking at this point, they're only a few years younger than us. And if I walked downstairs and I saw like my kids were kicking things onto the floor and legit breaking them, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, time to play L- Floor is Lava. Yeah, I'd be throwing haymakers. <laughs> yeah, but imagine too that you, I mean, at this point, right? So they're four years younger than us. So that would be if you went downstairs and your kid was down there doing that, but they were 18 years old. Yeah. That is the fuck up in your head, right? And like my parents had kids pretty early, but I mean, they were 23 when they had me. So like I had younger parents, but not that young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you figure they were, they would have been, by the time you're the age of these two kids, the sons, they're probably not even as old as those two are. Right. And they're all, and like, and you didn't get away with that kind of stuff. Oh, God, yeah. no. So now um, we get into, like, the actual intro of the show, which was just, it's more of that guitar riff that they played throughout, you know, the show, just like kind of, what's well, music in that same style. And they're just the family playing basketball. It's kind of an odd choice. It was strange, yeah. yeah. It was weird. It was yeah. it was just multiple shots of them all playing basketball together. It was like they forgot to shoot an intro and they were like, well, we've got a basketball, so. <laughs> like, I get the idea of having the family all doing one thing. Like, it works so well in Roseanne when they're just having dinner and going around in a circle. But every family has dinner. It's like a weird thing to be like, oh, it's an entire family basketball game. It didn't seem relatable to me, at least. With grandpa. Yeah, with grandpa. You guys didn't play basketball with your grandparents? No. Not enough, unfortunately. There may have been a time where I, like, you know, shot a ball around or something, but not to, there wasn't, like, a big, like, three-on-three checking game going on. Grandpa didn't dunk on you? No. My grandpa also didn't invent the, uh, also didn't invent the uh, jump to conclusions board like theirs did, so there's, he's got that going on for him. You know, we get into the next scene, and the two sons who, their names are Jimmy and Henry. I'm never going to really decipher one from the other at any point, because, like I said, they, they were pretty interchangeable. Are they twins? No, they're different ages. Oh, are they different ages? They look about the same age. They're, they're pretty much the same exact height and everything. So, but anyways, yeah, they're in the living room and they're with their uncle, who's we mentioned him already. Um, Kevin Corrigan, who is in everything. Joe, you mentioned Detroit Rock City. Do you did you see what his credit name was in Detroit Rock City? No, I didn't. I just remember him for Detroit Rock City. He's credited as Beefy Jerk Number One. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and all I could ever think of is Super Bad when he's like, "Hey, you were dancing with Jacinda." <laughs> you know what I noticed? Uh, I've seen him in a lot of things, but I noticed in this show specifically, he has hints of, um, oh God, I just had the guy's name and now I lost it. His voice is commonly talked about. Rob Reiner. No. What, Gordo? <laughs> John Lovitz? No. Emilio Estevez. What, what, who does his voice? Who? No, Emilio I'm saying- Emilio Estevez? 
Gordon Monson. No, Dad. Fuck you. I think is the only impersonation of his voice no, you could probably um, do. Oh my God. I want to ride this out. I want you Hold to figure on. it out. Hold on. I can figure it out. Nick's having um, a stroke right now. I can't. Yeah, I can't it's help you. It's like a super famous actor, and I cannot. Christopher Walken. Holy shit. I couldn't. I had it, and then I lost it. He's got that sometimes has that weird inflection like Christopher Walken has. There is something different about the way he enunciates things, for sure. He does enunciate things, interestingly. He would be like a level one, though. Like, he's not full Walken. <laughs> yeah. He's Christopher Crawlin. A sailor. Good man. I'll be damned. I do love, too, that later on in the episode, they do the classic sitcom thing where they're like, quick, make him young. Make his mullet longer. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good, like, "Ah, that works. It tracks. I mean, it works, especially in the early 2000s, going back a little bit. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so his name, by the way, is Eddie. And he's hooking up a cable box in the living room. And they're like, oh, dad said that, you know, those were too expensive. And he's telling them how him and uh, their dad live in two different worlds. And then they're like, is that box stolen? And then he's like, that's a word from your dad's world. And I don't know, something about the way he, anything Eddie says, I really like. It was kind of my favorite part of the episode was just Eddie's. Now, he is the father's brother or the mother's brother? The father's Father's brother. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just, I don't think they ever actually mentioned it, did they? Did they refer to him as the brother? No, they do when they talk about growing up. And I think when, yeah, when the grandfather walks in right here, I think he calls him Pops right away. I guess you could have done that if it was your in-law, but. I guess it'd be a little weird if it's your in-law, not your... Your brothers. Yeah, it's not like, oh, that's my sister's father-in-law. Like, you wouldn't really call him Pops, but they went into it. Plus, they were talking, like, later when they talk about um, Mrs. Del Vecchio and stuff. They're, they're talking about their, their... Although they could have... Again, they could have grown up together, so it, it wouldn't have mattered, I guess. And we were saying about it earlier, you couldn't even have stolen cable now. You could steal streams of things. You can download shows, but you couldn't just, like, get terrestrial cable stolen anymore. Did you guys have that stuff when you were a kid? Stolen cable? I had a black Yeah, box. for a little while we had one. Interestingly enough, my grandmother had one. I didn't have one, but for some reason my grandmother had one. My grandparents did. So I want to say everyone in the town over from us had one. Like everyone. I don't know if the cables were a little different. Brandywine was full of criminals. Yeah. And then my in my house we had like something similar, but like we had a hybrid. Like it was like cable. We had cable, but this did a little bit more for it, but we didn't have everything. Your dad got the brown box. Basically, he was like, he was too cheap. It was like, it was like five more dollars for the good one. So he was like, ah, uh, no, I'll, we'll take that one. I will say the good thing about those, though, is you could flick up and down on the, as a channel one that was pay-per-view. There was A and B. You could like switch from A to B. Yeah. If you did that on the, whatever channel it was in the pay-per-view, you could get the wrestling pay-per-view sometimes for like 20 minutes at a time. So I, I, so my grandparents had all the pay-per-view channels a hundred percent. Like unlocked completely, yeah. Yeah, so I would have to go to their house sometimes to watch wrestling pay-per-views when I was a kid. I used to have to squiggly porn WCW pay-per-views when I couldn't get over to my neighbor's house to watch, and I would just have to listen and try to catch, instead of catching a titty through there, I'd have to catch like a body slam or just catch like, yeah. Johnny B. Bad! <laughs> like, oh, so good. Uh, when we were, when, when, like, at that era, my grandparents' black box had all those channels, you know, the dirty ones. But the one, whatever we had in my house, I don't know if it was a parental settings or again, my dad not paying for the good one. We didn't have any of that stuff. I didn't have that either. Why does Jason want to move in with the grandparents? I don't get it. (laughs) We had that in our black box. We had the the penthouse channel, I think, and the spice channel. I just remember them. They were like channels. If you went on, if you were on the B side, it was like channels like 23, 24, something like that. If you remember when we were younger. The Spice Channel would just randomly be free for a weekend, regardless yes. of if you paid for it or not. 
And if there was children in the house, the Spice Channel would just be free for a weekend. Yeah. It was like when HBO does those like free weekends. Yeah. It's like, here's some free porn this weekend. <laughs> last, the last time I thought about something like that was, but we're at some sleazy hotel and like as a joke, we're like, oh, put the like porn channel on. We're all just like drinking and partying or whatever. And then like an hour later, we realized that the porn channel was on a DVD menu screen. And then we realized that there was just a TV in the office that like, would put a DVD in, and if the guy wasn't paying attention, he'd have to, like, start it over again. So you can see the whole thing, like, click over, like, you see the thing go, and be like, I was start again. It's like, how fucking, this was, like, less than 10 years ago. Like, what was happening? That's brilliant. Bizarre. And you're getting charged all sorts of money? Well, you'd have to pay for it. It was also just on a channel. Oh. It was, like, a complimentary, like, 1994 porn DVD channel. It was very strange. Right here is when the grandfather walks in, and this is when we find out that he's now going to babysit because Lily is apparently missing. Is that when Wilford Brimley? Actually, wait, Lily came in, so I don't know why the grandfather has to babysit now, other than she's mad at the dad. Yeah, she's going to be hiding in her room. Yeah. No, Gordon, that's not Wilford Brimley. That's Richard Real. Oh, okay. You would know him from Office Space or The Fugitive or Joe Dirt? Oh, okay, okay. He's in a million things. Uh, Do you know what he's in, though, that's for sure coming soon? He plays Ed Rooney in the TV show version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And there's no way we're not covering that. I didn't know that existed. I've got like a running list of all these movies that became TV shows like that and Animal House are going to be fun ones. I want to do kind of like a month block sometime. Maybe like, you know, whatever month the Oscars is. Oh, that's good thinking. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like all television adaptations of movies or something. I really want to do the gung ho one as well. Anyways, he's talking about bringing discipline into the house and how there's going to be spankings. And the kids are like, what if we don't do anything wrong? And he goes, no, there will be spankings. And I'm like, okay, let's get creepy grandpa out of the house. The grandpa was the best character, hands down, in this whole show. I'm the complete opposite. I think he's the worst character. Oh, I love him in this. I'm with Gordo. uh, I'm I'm with Jay. He, He didn't annoy me. I just... Didn't think he needed to be there. It was he just, was too uh, unrealistic. Yeah. I think that was my problem. When he later on says that the kid Brad, he doesn't like him because his grandfather sidestepped going to Korea by acting like a fruit. I laughed <laughs> so hard at that line. Like, just didn't expect it. And I love, like, the older guy still holding a grudge at somebody getting out of the war. Like, it was such a great fucking moment. It's funny because, like, it's we always say, like, without line work today. And I don't think. Like, it could, but you need, like, an older character. Like, it has to be someone who's perceived as out of touch to be able to say it. I think if you had an older, out-of-touch type character grandfather and he said the same joke but about Vietnam, you yeah. could probably make... It would still work. Like, it's still it's still culturally inappropriate. It's still not PC, but you'd expect the character to do it. We cut to the kitchen where Claudia is. She's telling Sean that her, you know, that his dad's there. And while that's happening, like, you see Sean, like, racing through the phone book. And he dials a number and he's talking to this man named uh, Mr. O'Keefe. And Sean's trying to sound like he's a teenager. And he's asking the guy who picks up if he could talk to his son, Brad. And he's like, oh, my name, it's um Teddy Pendergrass. And he's like laughing. Yeah, like the singer. And then he just starts like nervous laughing and goes, um, wrong number and hangs up. So like, uh, so I looked up Teddy Pendergrass and like, he's like a famed musician, but not enough that he's a guy you would reference for a show that's why i love the joke when he said it i laughed so hard because i was like that's the perfect level of celebrity to say like it's like it wouldn't have worked if he was like this is michael jackson you know what i mean but it works so well as teddy pendergrass see no i think you need somewhere in between that because 
most the most of the people watching that episode are not going to catch the reference. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, he was really big in the early 80s, so I guess for them it would have been a song from when he was a kid. What did he do? His big one was a song called I Don't Love You Anymore. That's kind of like a disco song, but he had like a bunch of songs that were like... Love TKO was his most listened to on Spotify. Double check that. And he was in a group called like Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes before that, before he went solo. And like they had a few hits on like of their own. They were like a solo group, I think, right? I think you need to go. Yeah, just like a little bit higher in name value. Like if you're like, oh, this is um Billy Ocean. I think that works. Yeah, I would say the the one thing that would work on your side of it is if you said somebody who was a famous person but had a name that wasn't so wildly like I've never met anybody named Pendergrass. You know what I mean? Like his name jumps out at you because you know the singer. Nobody knows. I don't know how common of a surname that is, but if you were like, oh, it's Rick Springfield, or if it's you know like you said Billy Ocean or somebody like that, Daryl Hall. Yeah, I mean, I think Rob. I just think that was the fact that I had to Google it to see who like who he was threw me off the joke a little bit. But again, this is also twenty years ago. True, true. I'd be I'd be interested to like survey my mom and be like, hey, do you know who like Teddy Pendergrass is, and see if she could pull up the answer. People listening, if you think uh, Teddy Pendergrass is a good reference point or not, anybody who's older than us. I mean, like I knew who he was, but I don't know enough about the guy's discography. You know what I mean? But um, from there, now the wife is trying to figure out what's going on because he's acting strange. As that happens, one of the sons walks in and Sean immediately hands him a phone. He's like, here, uh, tell the guy who picks up that you want to speak to Brad. So now the phone's dialing and when the guy picks up, the son's going, hey, is Brad there? And then when he asks who it is, he just gets really nervous and says, my dad's making me do this. And he runs away. And the way that like it was shot and seeing him like hovering over him, did you guys get like those big, like Billy Madison vibes? Like I was just ready for the dad to go. You blew it. Yes. It feel very Billy Madison. No, I didn't at the time, but I yes, definitely see where you're coming. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Was anybody else surprised? And I thought the joke was made better as the episode went on. When you realized that they're the next door neighbor and they know them very well. Like, it wasn't yeah, just, like, a friend from yeah. school and they sort of know him. It's, like, they share a fence. Like, that made that joke so much funnier than me, where <laughs> yeah. it's, like, he calls up and tries to hide his voice. He's a guy he sees every fucking day. So, Claudia's like, what's going on with Billy O'Keefe? And Sean starts to explain that, like, him and Lily were studying earlier that day in the house, and then we get, like, this flashback cut. This is the first flashback cut of 70 flashback cuts in this episode. Yeah. It happens so much. They say most of the episodes are flashbacks. Yeah. It's like, it's almost shot like a Family Guy episode. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. It was a lot, but this is the first time it happens. And you see the two studying, and like Brad gets a paper cut, and <laughs> meanwhile, Sean and Eddie are like trying to get the cable set up, and um, Sean's like, yes, they're naked people on my TV. And Eddie's like singing like nine channels of Skin of Max, and... He is like sing-songy. Yeah, and the daughter Lily's like, Dad, do you mind not watching porno while we're studying? And then Brad gets another paper cut, and then we flash forward again. (laughs) Hot pockets. I just want to see you yell hot pockets every time they do it. (laughs) Claudia says that Brad's there all the time. Like, what's the big deal? And Sean's like, no, it wasn't a big deal until he realized that Lily likes Brad. And Claudia, like, can't believe it. And there's a lot of, like, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Are you sure? Yeah. And it's like, they did that a bit. And then Sean starts telling a story. Flashback again. And now we see Sean walking down the street with his dog and a bucket of chicken. And he's, uh, that uh, I guess he bought for the kids to have that night when they went out to dinner. And the dog stops to go to the bathroom. And while he's waiting, he notices a car nearby and there's like two people making out. And he's like really excited about that. 
and like ties the dog to the fence to go watch them. It's a weird moment. What was he going to do if it wasn't his daughter? Just rub his dick, I guess. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. It was, he was like, oh yeah. And he like, it's a, he gets so excited to walk over. Imagine retelling that story to your wife. Cause that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right? Like take the fact that like the, yeah, she has to be like, wait, why were you doing that to begin with? Yeah, but, exactly. Right. Like if I told that to my wife, she'd be, she'd slap the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. The story would, the story would be like to your wife, like what happened? Like I walked by and saw people having sex in a car. But like, what did you do? It was like, I kept on walking. It went like, Hey, oh, to myself. Yeah. And just, yeah, exactly. going. <laughs> I just sat down and I watched. Yeah. Work out a boy. I found a bench and I, yeah, I gave some pointers. But yeah, so um, come to find out that the two people in the ca- uh, in the car was his daughter and this kid Brad. So like he panics and he like starts to walk away, but then he stops and he, he starts getting like mad about it. So he gets the bucket of chicken that he has in his hand. He just hurls it at the car, and then like you know, so and then it cuts to like you know, you see the windshield from the outside perspective, and you see the bucket like hit the windshield and everything splatter everywhere. Did you guys like notice? Like chicken shouldn't make that much of a mess, but there was like stuff smeared all over I the window. I think it was coleslaw. He only bought a bucket of chicken. Yeah, they go over this because he didn't have biscuits. <laughs> this later argument on. later killed me, but yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, we'll get into that when it comes up. But yeah, it so must be the know. greasiest chicken of all time. I was gonna say because it just looked like they threw straight fat. I th- I thought it was rooster cum. Is there a different <laughs> consistency in rooster cum? Yeah, Google it. Let me just turn to my work computer here and <laughs> Google that real quick. <laughs> yeah, so then we flash forward again. It's Claudia laughing at the story. He's like, it's not funny. He's like, I didn't know what else to do. And she's and she says, like, how is throwing chicken even an option? He's like, it was very traumatic. And, you know, I was just walking down the street minding my own business and then flashback again to two seconds of them kissing. She's like, they were kissing. She's a teenage girl. It's inevitable. He's like, you don't understand. His hands were all like rip flashback again. And now you just see like the two of them like making out like a little more intensely. It's like a close-up of them like using their tongues. It was like I don't know. I talked about how much they're flashing back and forth. And I think that's a little bit of the times too, like the early two thousands, this did become more of a thing with the cuts back and forth. I mean, that 70s show did this a lot too. I mean, but this is what it was. This right around when family guy was super popular. I think this predates it by a couple of years. I don't remember when family guy came out, but it's around this time. I think Joe's right though. I think this does predate it, but we're talking like we're like two or three minutes into the episode and we're at like five cuts that go like back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. I mean, it's just how the entire show is. What I like though, is when they do the cuts back, it's always an escalation. I do appreciate that, that when they cut back, it's usually like this terrible situation. And by the third time they cut back in any scenario, it's way worse than it was the first time. Yeah. They embellish the further it goes, right? Like they start making out and you like legitimately see tongues hitting tongues, you know, like it just goes from like a to a to Z pretty quick. I like how, how the different perspectives get worse and worse, depending on who, who is also telling. You could tell every time someone tells a story and they cut back, it's from their perspective. So it's not quite the truth each time when they cut back for the final time, telling the story, grandpa is walking through the kitchen now with the two boys and they're all holding shovels. And Claudia is like, why are my children in a chain gang? And he explains that he's teaching them how to dig a hole and they all head to the yard. So now like. They follow them out there. So now it's like all of them outside. He's going over like all the benefits of digging a hole. I love this. A good hole can serve a boy in a lot of ways. It's funny how like the same character hits the two of us in complete opposite ways. Well, to be fair, this conversation could be misconstrued. Yeah, the a good (laughs) hole and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My hole. (laughs) Gordo's girlfriend. (laughs) 
Now they're outside and Sean heads over to the fence because apparently like Brad lives next door. I don't know if we knew that right away. No, I think this is when you find out. This is when you find out and then the joke I think becomes a lot funnier. I think the grandfather calls him the neighbor kid at one point before this. Oh yeah, right as they go out. Yeah. And uh, so he goes up to the fence and he's like peeking over it and he's like whispering for Brad to come out. And he's explaining to his wife that Brad's their daughter's first boyfriend and he screwed this whole thing up. So he keeps whispering like, Brad, Brad. And then Eddie shows up behind them and he just goes, yo, Bradley. <laughs> it's so fucking loud. You know, so now Sean jumps down because he doesn't want to get caught. And Eddie's like, you want to talk to him or not? And then the dad heads to the door, like Mr. O'Keefe. And Eddie's like, hey, Sean wants to talk to Bradley. He's like, okay, hold on. And he walks off. And while he's gone, Claudia's like, do you think Brad told his dad about what happened? And no sooner did that happen, he walks back out, and now he's just throwing chicken at all of them. Which means that the dad was like, he did what? And then made a conscious effort to then go down to the chicken store and buy his (laughs) own bucket of chicken, waiting for the right moment to whip it at Donald Logue. It was a little much. My first laugh out loud moment at this show was when Eddie just started rifling chicken back over the Yeah. I I love too. Eddie's character is so solidified by the next scene where he's walking in. He's eating a piece of the chicken. (laughs) Like that he wouldn't (laughs) let a piece of the chicken go. Did anybody else think that uh, O'Keefe's father looked like a bootleg Julian from Trailer Park Boys? I don't really see him well enough, honestly, to give you a good description of him. Yeah. He actually, I thought he looked kind of like an older version of the dad from the Wonder Years. He, you know, he's in, he's in the, he's in um, a mighty wind. He's like the record producer they cut to who talks about Mitch and Mickey recording in the sixties before Eugene Levy goes crazy. And that's when I saw him, I was like, is that that guy? And I looked it up and was like, oh, it is. <laughs> they all head back to the kitchen to avoid this chicken attack. Claudia says how he's a big fat wussy for being upset over this. And Sean's like, well, there was more than just chicken. And Eddie's like biscuits. He's like, no. And he's like, so you still have the biscuits? No. <laughs> then where are the biscuits? There are no biscuits. It's like the biscuits come with it. You'd have to go out of your way to tell them not to give them to you. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. So now we flash back again and we see the chicken getting thrown at the car, but only like from the perspective of Lily and Brad who are inside. And Lily's like, what's going on? And Brad turns the headlights on. And you just see like from like maybe 10 feet out. That's where Sean's standing. And he's like breathing heavy, but like in a way that like you think he's going to turn into the Hulk. He's like wolf manning it right there. And Brad's like, oh, it's a crazy man. And she's like, no, it's my dad. So Brad screams and he's trying to run. Like, you were safe in the car. But he jumps out of the car and tries to run. And then Sean, like, grabs at him. And he's like, where are you going, lover boy? And then Brad's like, please don't kill me. And he starts to run. Then Sean tosses a piece of chicken at him, at his head, which knocks him over. Hits him right in the face. Yeah, a piece of fried chicken. They filmed that great, too. They did, takes a good bump. But like that. I don't think a human arm can throw a piece of chicken hard enough to knock someone over. I don't know. I don't think it's the force knocking you over. It's maybe just the, it kind of, you know, disorients you a little bit while you're running. (laughs) Perhaps. Let's test it out, Jay. You go full sprint and I'll throw a piece of chicken at your face. We'll see if you can stay on your feet. I'm on two bad ankles. It's not going to take much. (laughs) I feel like you would need like Roger Clemens to like huck a, a piece of chicken at you like that for it to knock you down. No, Roger Clemens would have been in the car making out with the 14 year old girl. (laughs) <laughs> oh also true so lily that's what i'm saying he would have been brad in this scenario in any event brad continues to run off after picking himself back up and then the daughter walks up to her dad and she's like what the hell are you doing he's like well, what the hell are you doing there's like a back and forth but lily's sternness is kind of breaking her dad so now he's like trying to explain himself but lily walks off he's like i was joking and then 
the scene ends with her throwing a piece of chicken at him. There's a lot of chicken throwing in this episode. A waste of a good fried chicken. It's probably prop chicken. They probably kept using the same bucket over and over. We flash back forward, and Claudia's like, oh my god, what have you turned into? And she's like, you know what? You're turning into Walt. Walt's their father. And Sean says that it was um, a momentary lapse, and Lily just needs to understand that. And then Eddie goes back until you guys were talking about, uh, I can't believe you didn't get any biscuits. They come with the chicken. He's like, I didn't get any biscuits. He's like, he's like, look, I went out to get a bucket of chicken, and I got a bucket of chicken. You would have had to ask them to specifically leave the biscuits out. <laughs> that did get me. That was, it was one of my favorite lines I, of the show. Yeah, I think yeah. it was my favorite yeah. line of the whole uh, thing. Like I said, anytime Eddie spoke pretty much is what got me. Because it was just so matter of fact. Like He wasn't like pointing the argument or like injecting himself. He was just kind of talking to himself. Yeah, he's kind of thinking out loud. Like, yeah. like, this doesn't make any sense. In the distance, you can kind of see Brad in the living room, the way that they shot, like they, they cut over. So Sean notices it and... He's like going to chase him down. So the camera like follows him down like the back hall. And then he's like kind of sneaking up on where Brad is. Brad's trying to get out of the house. But before he can get there, Sean grabs him and has his hand over his mouth. And he's like, just relax. It looked like a hostage thing. You know, it was meant to look that way. And he's telling him to relax. He's like, I just want to talk to you. Okay. Okay. Are you relaxed? All right. Relax. And then he releases his hand and he just goes, dad. (laughs) And he throws his hand over his mouth again. (laughs) And then shuts the door. Yeah. Yeah, Brad plays like a good scared kid. But if you were if you were calling for your dad, why wouldn't you just have your dad go over and get your book? Yeah, it seemed like the smarter move would have been like, Dad, can you go next door and get my book bag? Because then you wouldn't have this scene. <laughs> yeah. And this is fiction. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of sitcom stuff that happens in these, but it is our job to point these things out as we go over them. That is the why we do this. He drags him over to the couch and he's like, I just want to apologize. He's like, So calm down and like he eventually lets go of him again. And then Walt asks, why are you mishandling the O'Keefe boy? And Eddie explains that, oh, he's the one who was trying to score with Lily. And then Walt says, you know, this would have happened if she was out in the back digging a hole. It's like, this is so, it's like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that felt a little flat. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like any of the hole. Oh, I like the hole. I'm pro hole. Yeah, I'm pro hole. My hole. I just think we went back to, to the well a little too much with this one. A little bit too much on a 22-minute episode. I didn't get it the first time. Like the whole idea of like, these kids are going to go dig a hole. I was like, this is weird. And then they keep going back to it. <laughs> it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's not realistic enough. And that's what took me out of it. I think what they were going for was like, you know, digging a trench, like as a soldier. Like, you know what I mean? Cause this guy's already referenced Korea, right? It was kind of like meant to be that way. Like, but they didn't explain mindset. that well enough. Yeah. I don't think, but they did. They said, you know, we'll teach them like discipline and it'll make them sweaty. Yeah, it'll make him sweaty, and... He's like, I want my boy sweaty before we give spankings. And it'll be appreciate a warm bed. I want a nice sweaty hole. Which, again, all of that, too, does make you feel like when he says he appreciate a nice warm bed, that's definitely a shell-shocked army thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. And the yeah. Korean War was known for being notoriously cold. It's all creepy stuff to me. He wants to spank them. He wants them in a warm bed. He wants them sweaty. Yeah, usually it's me going down that hole. <laughs> hole again. Um, right in the hole. Know. You know, maybe we need to make shirts that just say pro hole. I'm coming around on the hole. The hole was funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. The hole I, was funny. I don't find the hole funny. See, you need it, but you need like a, a character like that needs something to go to. And for an out of touch grandfather to go to digging a hole works. It was like almost too simple. Like he could have had them do some sort of a like mundane chore, but I don't know. That was digging a hole is mundane. I just kind of wish now, though, that he said, like, even though he mentioned Korea earlier, I wish he said, like, you know, it'll warm bed at night. If he then ended one of those with, like, 
like in the war. Or just called it a foxhole. Yeah, if you just mentioned that it was an army shell shock thing a little more versus us having to diagnose it, I think it would have worked better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, Nick, I think you're right. Like, even if he said foxhole, I think that would have, you would have been able to, like, make it more logical in your head, like, why his brain's going there. But yeah, so Brad says he just uh, he just wanted to get his book bag. He's not trying to get killed. Sean says, no, no, you're a guest. Don't worry. Like, and, and, like, he tells him not to go anywhere and ask Eddie to, like, sit and watch him, you know, so Sean can go up and find his daughter. Meanwhile, now while the two are sitting there, Eddie like puts his arm around him. He's like, you watch Oz? I mean, as somebody who's rewatching Oz, I fucking died at this. What a great fucking line to say to a little I kid. I thought it was funny. I've never watched Oz, but being in a group chat with you guys and knowing that you guys are currently talking about watching Oz. Like, it's a very weirdly timed reference. Yeah. 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 One that only us, the panel on the show, could appreciate, but no one listening would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to save this, though. If I ever, you know, if I have kids or like somebody comes home with uh my niece and i get to sit down with them i'm going to ask them someday if they watch oz knowing full well they will have no idea what that reference is real quick like what is oz i've never heard or seen of it oh okay so oz was like the first real big hbo original show that takes place inside of a prison in new york and it's like very very graphic and there's a lot of what year is this this is like 97 oh, to 2003. Okay. I was say, so this predates the Sopranos? Because like I always yeah. thought that was their first big. There were people like, um, I can't remember the actor's name who plays um, Carmela Soprano, but she's one of the main prison guards in it until she gets the role in the Sopranos and like leaves the show. Interesting. But, like basically okay. anybody who was ever in the Sopranos, The Wire, or every like Law and Order is on Oz. I'll have to check it out. I think I might like it. I think you really would. It's really good. Kelsey won't be watching in bed anymore, though, because one night she had really bad prison dreams, and now I have to watch it when she leaves. That's a legitimate thing that happened. Joey's having really good prison dreams. Better than hers. So the next scene, Sean's, he's walking Lily downstairs, and he's like, oh, I got a surprise. It's going to make you really happy. And she sees Brad, and then she turns to her dad and's like, you live to humiliate me, and walks off. And he's like, but it's Brad. Like, everything's cool. And she just like, she does that. She has a weird scream that she does a few times. I couldn't emulate it if I tried. It's like a grunty scream. Yeah, it's a very good, like, very good, like, teenage girl scream that if any of us could imitate it, it'd be probably a, an issue. Yeah, my throat's not going to do that. Yeah. But, Jay, will your throat do a Bobcat Goldthwait impression? We'll find out. We're going to find out now, aren't we? We are going to. So Sean goes to follow her. It's leaving Brad and Eddie on the couch. And Brad tries to leave, but Eddie says, like, he's not going anywhere and offers him a mint. So now we cut to Claudia, who's chasing after Sean, who's chasing after Lily. And she asks where he's going. And he's like, I just want to make things right with her. And she's like warning him, like, before you go, don't. And she's basically telling him, whatever you do is wrong because she's a teenage girl and you're her father. And he's like, it's not like that. I'm not like a dad dad. I'm like a woohoo dad. And then he goes in and Lily's sitting on the counter in, uh, in the kitchen. And he asks if um, why she's eating croutons. And she's explaining to him, well, I'm hungry and we don't have any chicken. <laughs> it's also a weird question. Like, I eat croutons as a snack. I've done it. I've done it. I thought it was a weird question, too. What does it matter? Yeah. None of your fucking business. <laughs> I'm hungry. It was a way to get him to make a joke that there was no dinner. Yeah. But it doesn't work perfect. because she would have had him eating something weird to make that work. You know what I mean? Croutons are kind of weird. It's weird enough, I guess, but it's relatable because we've all done it. Right, so I don't think it's weird that if we've all done it, right? That's a pretty good census right there. Well, I mean, also, too, when he says the line like, oh, I'm not a dad dad. I'm a, like a woo dad. We haven't seen him be a woo dad. 
We haven't seen either of these people be good parents up to this point. We right? haven't seen him do much yet, though, at all, either, because it's 10 minutes into the first episode. Him being a woo dad is like him being like, because they're young parents, and he's the kind of guy who's trying to get free porn on his TV and watches people hook up in their cars. I mean, they kind of seem, both parents kind of seem to live their lives as if they don't have kids. Right. Like, they live separate from their children. You could argue that they had to raise these kids, right? So, like, they've, they've did, done their time, and so maybe they're just kind of taking their foot off the gas. But in this episode, it's like, you guys know your parents, right? Because it doesn't seem like you do. I feel like this is not a good time to take your foot off the, gra- off the gas, though, when your daughter is just going into high school. Like, it's going to be real deal parenting with your teenage high school kids, you know what I mean? So, to compare, right? So, he, we're, we're to assume that they're all in their, like, younger 30s, right? By 32 from math of like things we shouldn't know about the episodes uh, or future episodes, but even by the eye test, we know they're in like the younger thirties. So now to compare again, I mentioned we just did Charles in charge recently. Now that same family, right? Three kids, two parents, dad is 35. He says in that episode, he's 35. Look at the difference. Now, granted, we're talking a big time difference too, because we're flashing forward like 25 years. 15. Is it? No. It's 84. So what? 17 years. Yeah, 80. I thought it was 86. It was. I think it was 84. It was It was 84 because I thought it was 82, but it was actually 84, yeah. 86 is when like the second iteration of it started with a different cast. So like, yeah, 17 years, but the difference. And in any event, like look at that father, 35, suited all times, very stoic, like the type of typical like adult figurehead like in the house. That Neat you, haircut. Yeah. And then you have him who's like very... I don't know, more someone that you could see hanging out with us like modern day. You know, granted, generationally, like things have changed a bit, but I think that's what he's, when he's talking like, I'm not a dad, dad. He's like, I'm not wearing a suit and holding a briefcase and like, come on kids, it's time for dinner. He's not like that kind of guy. So he thinks he's a little bit more fun. So the kid can relate with him. And we all learn that no matter what, you're still the dad. Yeah. You're still going to be the dad. So there's no way around it. Especially if it's a sitcom. Because as our generations change, like the the generations below us change as well. So like the, the standard kind of alters with turn. But he goes on to explain, like, I don't want to be the thing that gets between you and your boyfriend. He's like, ew, like, he's not my boyfriend. He's Brad O'Keefe. He wears a fanny pack. Sorry, Gordo and Nick. Nothing wrong with it. Although Gordo's more genuine. Nick's just an outsider who wants to be a fanny pack. I can't fucking, I own it and I can't put it on. Like, I just Why? can't do it. Why? I can't Why? pull the trigger. I was in Las Vegas last week, and I was like, if there's anywhere I can get away with wearing a fanny pack, it's Las Vegas. It's either I, Vegas or Disney World. You can pull it off. <laughs> I clipped it on in the hotel room. I was like, I can't do it. Took it off, put it back in the fucking Nick, 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 Nick. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is how you have to get over it. Next time you fly for work, put all of your things in your pocket inside of the fanny pack. Then when you get to TSA, you unclip the fanny pack. You put the fanny pack in the thing. You take off your flip flops. You walk right through <laughs> like a flip flops. Either on the come on. Now, everything you just said right there is horrendous. <laughs> also, like I have a backpack or a carry on with me. Like I would just put it in that. Like I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I, I'm in the wrong here. Like I should be able to do it, and I can't. I just can't. You're not in the wrong here, Nick. <laughs> I couldn't do it either. I want to though. I have three fanny packs. I have a tactical fanny pack. I have. <laughs> For what? What's when do you need a tactical fanny pack? I don't know, but I own one and it's huge. It's when he needs to holster his flip flops. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know when like I could be hiking 
in like a strip mall. You would know. What does your wife think of these? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Well, she is European. I feel like it's more accepted over there, right? That's true. So so actually, believe, oh, it gets even worse when I'm in Europe (laughs) because I actually have a man purse so that people don't mistake me for being an American. (laughs) Oh, because you don't want to be looked at as as a tourist. But then you open your mouth and you're clearly from America. Yeah, what do you pretend you're deaf? (laughs) Mark Marin robbed in Poland. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody robs you thinking you're Mark Marin and thinking they're going to get a fuck ton of money. Instead, they get a fanny pack with a dollar 75 in it. It's like, God damn it. And a a half a pack of Winston's. Yeah. Yeah. These palm malls are stale. What? If you were out with Gordo, yeah. would you feel better wearing a fanny pack if he was wearing one with you, or does that make it worse? So I've been in this situation before. Our friend wears them like very casually, like when when they like we go out to dinner or something like that. His wife hates it, and I'm like, but I respect the fucking gusto behind having the balls and the 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 lack of self loathing. Yeah, that goes with it, right? I'm like, I shouldn't care about doing it, but I just can't do it. I, I can't. But all right, I would say this, though, Jade, to your point, if more than one person was there with it. So I would have to be at least the third. Okay, so again, I have three fanning packs. I'll wear the tactical one. And maybe we could get like S1E1 tactical patches because we can we can oh i was gonna say maybe patches yeah i'm not i'm not gonna make s21 fanny packs yeah you can put the patch on the fanny pack i feel like it's weirder if you had like one person in the group wearing a fanny pack i don't think i would notice if like a bunch of people walked by but if like five people were all wearing fanny packs and walked by then i'd be like wait what's going on okay because here's the flip side of that because what are you going to do? You're going to say something and then run the risk of getting beat up by five guys wearing fanny packs. No, nobody's taking that risk. Do you know what the hard thing for me would be? It wouldn't even be wearing it, which I, I just couldn't do. I'm with you, Nick. The hard thing for me would be at the store where they're like, okay, that'll be 1735, please, <laughs> having to like thrust my crotch open and go zip and then pull all my stuff out. Like, no, I can't do it. That's yeah. I'm like to George Costanza. Like, I need to have a wallet. The wallet's in the fanny pack. Yeah, that's a bit. I hate that so much. Joe, I'm te- listen, I have three. I can lend out two. Nick, if you have one, <laughs> I actually have two. I own. I have one that I bought for like a. Uh, we did like an '80s party, and I wore it for that. And it's like a nice, like rock style leather one. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, it would have to be extenuating circumstances. For no, me no, 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 no. We're, we're S1E1. We're getting the S1E1 wagon. We're driving up to Maine, and we're all going to take pictures with the fanny pack. <laughs> all right, I'm in. Let's do it. Moving on. Yeah. So, anyways, good to get back into the show. She's explaining how he wears a fanny pack and goes into um, like a few other things that she doesn't like about him and calls him a geek. And then Sean's like, well, if he's such a geek, then why are you like, what were you doing in the car with him? And she's like, I just wanted someone to notice me. And he's like, what? Plenty of people notice you. And she says, well, not when she's around and glances over to her mother. Um, Before we even go further, I, I wanted to mention, I don't know if you guys feel the same. I felt like Lily kind of. She overacts a little bit. I don't know if it's overact, but it's the way she like speaks doesn't seem to fit. Like something seems odd about like her dialect. No, I thought she was fine. I didn't pick up on that really. It felt theatery to me. That was a thing. It felt like I've said this with other people. Like it felt like theater acting. A couple of years after this in 40 year old virgin, I feel like uh, what's her face who plays the daughter is taking some cues from her though. Oh, Jay loves her. I forget. Yeah. Her you love this girl. Cat Jake. Dennings. Yeah. yeah. 
Love Kat Dennings. I feel like her in 40-Year-Old Virgin is acting like Lily in this show. Huh. I don't know. We do need to cover two broke girls at one point. We haven't, um, that's on the, you know, the. That's one I'm dreading covering. <sighs> it's like the fanny pack of TV shows. I think it'll be a fun one to cover. I have to, I'm drinking on that episode. She tells her mom that she's always walking around and like flaunting it and that nobody else even notices her when she's around. Claudia's kind of like speechless. She like pauses for a moment with this like shocked. Did anybody else go, oh yes, please cut back to her flaunting it. <laughs> Because I was very eager for that. <laughs> and then they did. I was like, yeah, yes. of course. At this point, yeah. <laughs> we flash back and we see like these slow motion shots of like her walking to a car. And there's like, she's in like a small black dress. There's all these kids outside playing like, uh, like roller hockey. And there's like the shot of her like going to bend down to like get into the car. And like they do the close up of her chest and stuff. And these kids like get into a pile up because they can't focus while they're skating. This is basically just the Stacy's mom video by Fountains of Wayne happening in this episode. Just like it cuts to it for two seconds. And then, like, there's one of her, like, going, like, just, she's giving her daughter her school book in front of the school, which they didn't really do much with that one, like, other than the boys were noticing her, but she didn't really do anything extra, except maybe the way she walked away at some point, but. Didn't she, like, give, like, a little, like, toodaloo? A little bit, yeah, but that wasn't as much as, like, her, like, bending over and showing her cleavage to a bunch of boys playing roller hockey. And putting the hose into her mouth. (laughs) Yeah, the next one is them doing, like, it's like the car wash thing. She's washing her car out in the middle of the street. And yeah, and all the boys are watching. And then she like gets the hose and she's like spraying her chest with it and stuff like that's like we said before, when when we get these flashbacks, the flashback is always from the perspective of the storyteller. Yeah. So it might not be accurate. When it's they a do little it, more dramatic like, every time. Yeah. So like, and, I, and I actually like that, that every time like, you know, when we go to the car scenes, like when Lily tells the story, things happen differently than when Sean's telling the story. So obviously when she's talking about things her mom does, like. Was she actually spraying her chest with the hose and putting it in her mouth? Probably not. I mean, it's an interesting perspective, too, because if you think of, like, writing for TV, that's the point of it, is to make things that were at least semi-interesting more interesting. Only they kind of let you into it here. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, stand-up comedians. These that's things are not really happening to these stand-up comedians, but they embellish. I was at the store yesterday, but no, you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's I do I like how they did this. It was it is different at least. Which it's not just the same sitcom over and over. During that hose part, that's when like Claudia cuts the flashback off. It's like, whoa, hold on. There's nothing sexy about scraping gnats off of station wagons. And she's like, Well, it is when you're working it. And then that's when like, you know, Sean's like, Ooh, you were working it. And he's like acting very, I don't know, very childish the way he kind of like went with that. But um I will say though, I'm glad that his reaction to this was not that he was like mad at her he was stoked about it yeah yeah like he's like i've got the hot wife in the neighborhood or whatever the hot mom like i would have been really bummed out if it cut to like what you expect it to be with like oh you're walking around flaunting in the neighborhood like no wife of mine like i'm so glad they didn't take that tact with it no because it's more in line with them being more like immature yeah fun parents right yeah but also i mean that's the kind of thing that you would yell at a significant other viewers when you're younger and very immature too yeah like insecure it's more about when you're insecure at that point yeah so he's like oh this has nothing to do with me being a bad dad and everything to do with you being a leggy siren who destroyed our daughter's self-esteem now let's go eat i like that line i liked it i thought he delivered that pretty good he's very he's very accepting of being able to pass the buck very quickly yeah oh he constantly does so for the rest of the episode every time he can mention like but her like but her he does it all the time so Lily walks off and then Claudia goes to get her, but Sean stops her and flips that conversation that they were having earlier. 
don't go after her because, you know, anything you do will be wrong because you're her mother. And, you know, so she's like, oh, very funny, like flipping that conversation on him. And now Eddie walks up to the two of them and Sean's like, hey, guess who the neighborhood hot mom is? Woo. And I thought that was, um, I was like, is he on coke? <laughs> like, why, why is he going this crazy? This to way? be fair, though, I feel like his character is very likely on coke through the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Because he's very excited to tell his brother how hot his wife is in front of her. Like his brother doesn't have eyes. Yeah. But to find out that she's officially the neighborhood hot mom, though, that's um, that's quite a, a feat. And because Eddie's like, oh, well, you know, she'll never be Mrs. Del Vecchio. Again, now, like, Sean's like, ooh, Mrs. Del Vecchio, ow, Mrs. D. And he's, like, jumping up and down and, like, holding his hands up to signify that she had a, a big rack. I feel like he's coming from the, uh, according to Jim school of, like, reactions in this episode, like, cool. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for it. I was waiting for you to do it. But, yeah, he's, like, he got really hyped up in the scene. He got really goofy, though, like, very silly in, uh, in this scene. Like, too silly. Yeah, a little too much. And... Claudia asks who that is, and Eddie's like, well, she was the hottest mom in all of Staten Island. And then, big shock here, we get a flashback scene. And now it's Eddie with, like, the super mullet, you know, you guys were talking about earlier. And he's helping um, Mrs. Del Vecchio bring groceries into her house. And when they get to the door, he's like, hey, it, you know, it's hot outside. You know, you think I could come in and have a glass of lemonade? She's like, oh, sorry, we don't have any. He's like, yes, you do. It's right here in the bag. She's like, oh, well, we don't have any clean glasses. And she goes to shut the door on him. He's like, wait. Um, you think I could come in and have a bath? <laughs> Something is always so funny to me about being like, we're going to get these people to play kids. And the joke is to not make them actually look like kids. Yeah. Because the just, joke of somebody being like 35 and doing it is so much better. Because yeah, you could have had like a kid play him, but instead right. you have the same actor do it and like, just put a wig on way funnier when he asks if he could like go in and take a bath. She starts like screaming at him in Italian. I think it was Italian. She's Italian. Yeah. You know, she shuts the door on him, and then from, like, outside, you just see him on the porch licking the door. <laughs> he licks the door. I, I audibly went, ugh, when yeah, he I, did that. I love, too, that he's like, she's got to be 60 now, but she wouldn't close the door on me now. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for the scene of him to leave and, like, go find her, because they're in the same neighborhood, you'd assume. Yeah, like, that, that actually would have been a funny cut scene, like, if, like, there was a transition of, like, you know, say, Sean and Claudia chasing each other from one room to another, and you see him off on the side of the phone, like, Hey, Mrs. Del Vecchio, it's me, Eddie, you know. Or even looking at a phone book and saying, like, you know, Del, 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 Del. Just you yeah. get the idea he's going to do it. From the flashback, we cut back to Walt, who enters the kitchen. And he starts yelling out the window into the yard. And he's telling Sean and Claudia that this is what happens when you don't spank. And the two boys who were, um, you know, asked to dig a hole, apparently tunneled their way out of the yard. Like us. We get, like, a flashback again. And it's... Well, like a, a minor flashback it's probably to like moments earlier but you see like the hand reaching out of the grass and like the two of them like climbing out of the hole that they dug like and i assume they're in like brad's neighbors yeah like, like there would be brad's house? backyard i was like man this fucking guy's gonna be pissed he's already he, he's already mad at sean and now like the two kids just you know dug a giant hole, giant in, his hole in his backyard i feel like the missed opportunity here would have been to have it be raining and have them do the uh shawshank redemption thing <laughs> like they like get up and put their hands in the air and they come out of the tunnel. They, you know, they could have did that. It, the way that they do these cutscenes, where they're like not a hundred percent factual, they could have done that without having to explain the rain. All of a sudden, it could have right. just been for that scene and then get out of it. And then when it gets back to it, it's just Sean going, "Oh, they got away from you, huh?" 
it's like shouldn't you just be concerned that your two children just ran out of the like you don't know where they are now <laughs> like they should be a little concerned there they've gotten out before they'll come back but they're old enough though they don't know they're not old enough no, those kids are young like if it was the 14 year old you're like oh well that's like you know on the bordering of being an adult the like eight-year-olds probably shouldn't be roaming the neighborhood at night we were walking around at eight and ten we knew our way around. They were playing floor is lava. <laughs> it's yeah, like we, I don't think we were doing that at eight and ten. One of my one of my six year old nieces' favorite na- games. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that they're not old enough to like be out of the house unsupervised. You're not the fun dad. Yeah, I'm not a woohoo dad. Walt says, "Oh, don't worry, they're just like in the next house over, and that they should be able to hear him." And he yells out the window that the belt is going to be coming off. And they tell Walt, you know, that they're they're dealing with Lily right now. Like, they're not as concerned with what's going on with the two boys. And he tells Sean that this is his fault for never having the talk with her. And Sean's like, oh, I remember when you had the talk with me. It was quite educational. Flashback again. This is very reminiscent of the talk that I got. Was it really? Yeah. It's basically just my dad for about four minutes. And anybody else not get the talk? I didn't get the, I I ne- it's, it's such a trope. I never got the talk. And you know what? I'll never speak highly of public school systems, but health class did a good job. Health class taught us surprising amount, and we went to a pretty bad school. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was because of health. Like, I knew how to put a rubber on and shit like that. Like, I feel like you're just, unless you're, like, stupid. A rubber. A uh, condom, Joe. A what? <laughs> you have to wear them until you're 18, and then you don't have to anymore. That's true. I, I've learned that in health, too. <laughs> you you kind of know... After you're like 12, how people get pregnant. You don't need to be told that in high school, right? Like, you just need to know how to do it safely. And that was like the talk. Like, I didn't. My talk was like four minutes and it ended on herpes. And it was like, it's over now, right? Plus, it's like less awkward because in health class, when we all had to take turns putting condoms on the teacher. It was like, (laughs) if it was with your your dad, it would be so much more awkward. That's a good point. Yeah, that was weird. And you know what? bless those poor teachers who have to teach a bunch of 14 year old boys about sex like that is that's gotta be like a shot in your desk at the end of the day type of gig you know what i mean like what a bunch of dickheads kids are do you remember age. being in like was it eighth grade when we had to watch the miracle of birth video yeah so yeah i don't know if i was sick that day but i'm like the only person who's never seen it burned into my brain yeah, yeah. because like it, as kids we're like oh shit we're gonna we get to see fucking lady parts in school <laughs> and then but it's not the fun way because it's it's like nick it's legitimately just a shot like they put a camera in between this these girls uh this girl's legs and you watch a full-on birth yeah it's, it's like a it's like a birthing video it why, is why do you need to see that at that age you don't you to, don't need to see that. Think you do. well i think the thing is like it's the stupid thing about that is to show it to like boys right like it's not going to shock you because you still don't have to the idea of being a parent is scary or whatever but you don't have to go through that so you can be like well that looks terrifying anyway because it's never going to be something you have to do you know what i mean so it seems like an almost weird waste to just like like i don't know you're trying to scare the kids of that one instead they're just fucking up kids and then you end up with people like jay's weird instagram algorithm <laughs> between oh. between Jay, between Jay and Gordo's algorithms, somebody should be in jail. I have no idea what's wrong with the two of you. I just like I'm very entertained by like very odd videos. I like that Joe's Joe's algorithm is just like old records and shit. That's like probably all that pops up on his. Yeah, yeah, but is well, no, it was only that until <laughs> you fucking idiots constantly sharing yeah. stuff. So now it's things like old records, and then nothing like it. Like why? <laughs> why is this happening? The, well, the, the funny thing. Well, I think I have so many friends like 
the Gordos and my brother shares very different things, but I have so many different people who just send you videos all day long. And you just like, so you watch all this weird stuff and now yeah. it's like Instagram doesn't know how to collect its thoughts about what you like anymore. So it just shows you. Well, see, that's the thing though. That is your real life algorithm. The people you associate yourself with that send you that shit is your real life algorithm. It's the idiots you actually know. Yeah. yeah. So it does, it, it kind of puts into perspective how weirdly good Instagram is at sending that shit to you. I will say, though, that makes sense, but they seem to be very bad at the uh, shopping ones. You yeah, if you weird... think about Googling something like headphones or whatever, it's all you see for a month. It's insane. Right. But the like predictive ones where it's like, oh, do you want this? You're like, wait, what the? What? No, why? Like the amount of like weird clothing things. I, I wish get. it was just like a, a button that you could click that says, I already bought it. <laughs> like stop showing me <laughs> yeah. stop showing me the headphones i bought the headphones i don't you don't have to advertise every brand of headphones though i have some or you get the targeted ads that are super targeted like don't mess with me i'm an italian from boston that was born in 1986 someone found my medical record yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, this seems oddly specific uh for a while we bought a new bed like two months ago or whatever so i was looking for mattresses everywhere so then that was all the things I got. And then in like one day I got nothing but those chili sleep ads, which are like the bed that's supposed to cool you down. And then ads for sheets that are supposed to make you warm at night. And like, I couldn't figure out like what broke the algorithm. It was like, it's just like having a humidifier and a dehumidifier on the same time. Like, why would you get a, ma- a cold mattress and warm sheets? Was, ah. It's a very specific lane of human. I like it. Lukewarm. Yeah. To get back into this birds and bees talk that Walt's trying to have with his son, it's like he he's doing like the whole he has his hands out and it's like um so he got the sperm and the egg and he's very nervous but it, and he's doing a terrible job but he's like am I making myself clear and then it cuts over to Sean who's holding his daughter in his arms he's like uh yeah that's such a great <laughs> button on that joke that he's holding a kid already I, I did I did yeah. like that and so now we flash back to Walt. Modern day, he was telling him that like his chicken throwing approach didn't do him any good. And Sean tells his dad that it's not his fault. It's his super vixen wife's. He's like, and uh, then like the two of them are, oh yeah, yeah. Well, at least I didn't ruin the battery charger by putting non-rechargeable batteries in it. He's like, that's all you got. That was two years ago. It's not even relevant. It was like, it was stupid. I thought it was stupid, but then like when you think about it, it's, it's relatable because sometimes that happens. When, when you think you're... about arguments like that, you'll get the dumbest shit thrown in your face. And That's a relationship <laughs> argument all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of those like, I need something right now. So you just. You... That's a guy is right argument thrown right back yep, at your face. Yep. Mm-hmm. We don't get many of those. <laughs> no, we don't get many. You're trying to just score a point now. Like you're like, shit, I'm losing, but I, I don't want to get shut out. So <laughs> I at least got to like, uh, I'll, I'll take the field goal. Yeah, they're going back and forth and having this conversation. And while that's happening and they're talking about the battery charger, Lily walks downstairs and Sean stops her. He's like, where are you going? And she's like, well, why don't you just follow me like you usually do? She's wearing a bedazzled t-shirt that says princess princess. on it. Yeah, I feel like they were going for like she went upstairs to dress kind of slutty, but then like, but she didn't like it was it's like a long skirt and a hoodie. (laughs) They didn't commit enough to it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't make like I think that was the intent, but they didn't do it obvious like enough for the common person to catch it as they're watching it sean's like he's diverting it again he's like you know with the mom that's when the mom's like well just because like i wore shorts doesn't mean like you can blame me for her promiscuity and lily's like promiscuity like i should be so lucky she's like well your father saw he saw what just another pathetic chapter in my pathetic life and then we get another flashback so now 
we're back to the car and this is like lily and brad in the car from the chicken scene again only it's like the beginning of it so we're back in the car during that whole chicken scene from before with lily and brad and it's uh she's like trying to be sexy and see if like brad will kiss her and she asks him like outwardly like are you gonna kiss me and he's like oh um yeah and then he goes in and he gives her like the kind of kiss you would give your mom when you're going to school yeah he like pecks her and then she's like well maybe you should do something with your hands he's like like what it's like i don't know something so he like goes to like grab her head to kiss her again but he had like cheeto dust on his hand oh this really bummed me out she's like oh yeah. now there's cheese in my hair to be fair she's a redhead you wouldn't notice it but wouldn't yeah it wouldn't be too noticeable the idea of like trying to do anything like i'm a man who loves a good cheese doodle i only have them a couple times a year because it is such a nightmare it's the dust is everywhere you have to wash your hands to do anything uh to be fair they do make on like wish in amazon they make like the chopstick <laughs> yeah I've you, seen can, you can pick them up are there doodle chopsticks if, yeah if you got well listen I wouldn't do either, but if you really wanted, put a latex glove on or something. If you really want to just go to town on a bag and just take the glove off after. No, because then your cheese is going to taste like latex. Yeah, those gloves have a taste. like a- You get the non-powdered ones. They have like... That just means they're not powdered on the inside. They're still made of latex. People do it when they eat like hot wing competitions, put like the gloves on. Yeah, but when you're eating hot wings, though, you're not eating it for the flavor. Yeah. Wait, wait, real quick. Cheetos, doodles, or cheese balls? I like Cheetos. I actually had Same. some Cheetos a, yesterday. I like the, the crunch of a Cheeto. Crun- crunchy Cheetos. The, the like the puff of like the ball and the doodle almost makes me feel like I'm chewing on styrofoam, and it kind of weirds it's me out. It's a little out. styrofoamy, but I'm a doodle man. I don't dislike them. Um, like you know, I'll fuck with a bag of Jacks. Yeah, I don't know. I prefer the crunch of the Cheetos. I think my number two would be cheese balls, though. Those are fun. The cheese balls weirdly seem to go stale very quickly, though. I don't yeah. know what it is about Never this. Never been a problem. I'll crush a jug in one sitting. Oh, see, I can't do that. <laughs> it's one of those, I don't know. I also like, I don't know, Cheetos has other things. Like, I like the jalapeno ones, but I think the I think the Flaming Hot, by the way, is like the most overrated snack food, and I like spicy everything. We've talked about that. I eat everything hot. Real quick, Gordo just got up. Is he coming back with some... Oh, he's coming back with an actual doodle. That's what he's doing. Uh. <laughs> but, um, pss. <laughs> well played there you go this is doodle for those of you listening Gordon's <laughs> not holding his dog doodle say something for the audience <laughs> she doesn't really talk right martha i think the parents acted fine <laughs> all right anyways i'm gonna tell you all the secrets i start fires i like i like cheese i like the the crunchy ones but i don't mind the pups every so often sometimes i get in the mood for a doodle I think there's a there's room for. I think if you like one, you probably like all of them. Which are you can comfortably too. eat those? Which ones? Any of them? Yeah, they're all just corn. Oh, Joe. But the cheese dust doesn't get you. No, I have no issues with cheese. He's not lactose intolerant. Uh oh. Okay, that uh, the cheese thing got me then because I always thought it was because of the cheese, but it's because of the glue. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's because yeah. they're made out of wheat. So wait, what's the cheese it problem? They're wheat based, so there's gluten. The wheat based. Oh. Yeah, and instead of making gluten free ones, is every fucking month they're like. Pizza flavor with salsa on top. You're like, stop making so many fucking cheese flavors nobody fucking wants. Uh, the hot and spicy ones are great. I like the well done ones. I like the to- extra toasty ones, but I don't like to fuck with cheese that's original and extra toasty. I'm really so, I always love, like, the best thing ever when you got a cheese it, like, you had a box of cheese it to take a handful out and you get like, the one or two burnt ones and you'd be like, oh my God, it's my lucky fucking day. And then, like, the minute I couldn't have cheese it's anymore, they were like, we heard your feedback. All the toasty ones. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, why? 
And Joe, I'll say this. I don't know if you can have them because you just said you could have like cheese puffs and stuff. Their new like puffy Cheez-Its don't, it, I don't if they are gluten-free, don't even bother. Oh, they're gross. Are they like the 3D Dorito? No, they're just cheese puffs that are advertised as Cheez-It. Oh. But they don't taste like Cheez-Its, right? Not re- remotely. Not even almost. They just taste like bad cheese puffs. So be warned. Yeah, Goldfish did that a few years ago too where Goldfish was like, we made gluten-free Goldfish. And I was like, hallelujah. And then they were just really bad cheese puffs. I was like, that's not the same thing. Yeah. We go on a lot of tangents and we try to monetize them a la, you know, Omaha Steaks. I think we've talked about Cheez-Its on every other episode at this point and we've never even breached the subject of because you can you imagine can you imagine the sadness of if we got sponsored by Jesus? <laughs> just got tons of free Jesus. <laughs> just feel like I'm done to quit. Fuck you guys. That would be my last day. I'd be fucking off this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Sorry. I don't need that cruel irony in my life. I'd feel so bad and but still gladly accept them. I would be like Scrooge McDuck jumping into my cheese it pool. <laughs> Anyways, um <laughs> His, he's trying to admit, so now he has a Cheeto dust on his hand, so he tries to lick his hands and then touch her hair to get it out. And now and it's just like, Cheeto paste. Oh, God, this really bothered me. Like, this like, <laughs> made my stomach turn. Also, that means that he was making out with her and he just ate Cheetos also. Like, everything about <laughs> yeah. this is fucking awful. She, you know, I, she already says she's pretty big. He's pretty much starved for attention, so she, this is not a deal breaker with her. And he's like, can I touch your bra? She's like, I guess. Are you going to take it off? He just wanted to play he just with wants her to bra. Touch a bra. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing because, like, usually when you're trying to get a girl to take her bra off, it's to see what's under the bra. He just thought he would touch the bra, but didn't want to have to be in a <laughs> position where he was touching the breast. Yeah, this kid's a little slow, I think. Well, maybe he's just seen so many teen movies that he was like, "There's no way I'll be able to unhook the bra." So if I ask her to take it off, I can avoid the most stereotypical teen comedy scene of all time. <laughs> I feel like I should like try that line on someone someday like can i touch your bra <laughs> okay thanks yeah well, well, well are you gonna are you gonna take it off <laughs> whack so jay how did that first date go yeah when i have a black eye <laughs> all this sexy talk really worked because now they start making out then all of a sudden you know he looks up and he notices you know the the dad he said someone's looking at us and uh that's when you get the chicken toss again so now we flash back forward which is like the sixth time we've seen it in this episode they're like yeah and it's all different angles, too, so they're not even using the same shot. So they had to, like, throw this bucket of chicken, like, 50 times. Yeah, this is, like, a week's worth of shooting and, like, resetting shots. And because they decided to put all that fucking rooster cum in the bucket, they have to, like, cle- they have to like clean the fucking window every single time they do the... Bu- if they just threw, like, regular fried chicken or fake fried chicken that wouldn't have made the same amount of mess, it would be an easy pickup and reshoot. But because they want to smear stuff all over the window, they have to clean it every single time they reshoot. That seems like a classic, like I just got out of film school and I got my first job on a TV show set. Be like, what are you doing all week? Be like, oh, I have to, I'm the guy who has to completely wash the car of greasy chicken for the hundred takes they had to do of this. And you know it's fake chicken. It's just they add grease, so it's like the added mess of it all. Yeah, I mean, it explodes. It explodes not in a way that chicken with bones would, and it looks like that's boned chicken. But when we flash forward, she's telling her parents how her life sucks. And Sean's like, you know, I, I know how it can be. You know, what, you know, all the boys thinking your mom's hot and everything. <laughs> He's so excited about this. And she's like, how would you know? He's like, well, yeah, like my mom wasn't, she was kind of horsey. And then he's like, God rest her soul. <laughs> like talking about how his mom looked like a horse. He says, you're much prettier than your mom was at your age. And you got like, it was quick. Like a couple people in the audience groaned. Yeah, a couple were like, uh-oh. They're like, uh, ooh. And he's talking about, 
she had like these braces and this goofy Cindy Lauper hairdo. And then she adds in, and this chunky Irish boyfriend with parachute pants and a Sergio Valente shirt. That's a look right there. What is, um, I didn't look it up. I didn't have time. What is a Sergio Valente shirt? What kind of shirt is that? He's the designer. I don't know if she means a specific style of shirt. Let's pause this real quick. I'm looking at it now. It's just a, it's just an American clothing brand. But does it have a distinctive look? It's like, it's like what's coming up is jeans with like those like girls jeans, but like those detailed stitching on the pockets. It's very of that time. I added eighties to the search and a lot of stripes. and I did too. Yeah. It looks like a lot of patterns and uh, some denim stuff. Yeah. Like baggy denim shirts with like doilies on the shoulders. (laughs) So he adds, look, Lily, you're getting hotter all the time and your mom's already peaked. I thought it was a little weird to tell his daughter that she's getting hotter all the time. Or to say that a woman who's 32 is peaked when we all know that that is incorrect. No, we peak way younger. Mm, you tell that to all the women I've talked about on this show. We all as humans, let's all accept it. You know, as we, a bunch of men in our thirties, we've, uh, our better days are behind us already. We have so much more aging to do, but if you say lock yourself in time, you could pick any age you were. I wouldn't be like 36. Like let's 36. Wouldn't be the first one. We've, I've thought about this before. You want a good age where you're not like so young that you're still like a kid or whatever, you know, you don't be like 21. That's kind of a nightmare. This is kind of like the, uh, you want to be like just for men gel that just takes out some of the gray. Like you want to be young enough that you're still like able to do it, but mature enough that you still could do the job. So it'll be like 27, 28. Yeah. Like I want my body to work 26, 26 would be good. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Especially now as we get older and like the older we get where it's just like everybody's like, you know, like things you like when you were a kid, you look up to baseball players and you're like, I want to be like, Hey, when I'm an adult and now you're like that 12 year old playing for the fucking Red Sox or whatever, you know, like everyone's so young as you get older, it gets to a weird gap. Well, Joe, if you want to have the same amount of testosterone as Frank Thomas, (laughs) you look like you can still hit that ball so hard. Frank Thomas, keep him away from your wife. Yeah. She replies to all of um, those comments with the, Oh, thanks honey. Have another donut. And he's grabbing it like his shirt. And she's like, is this supposed to make me feel better? I'm scared of you and jealous of her. And from now on, I'm going to associate sex with having fried food hurled at me. How am I supposed to recover from that? I'm going to have scars with me for the rest of my life. And he's like, how would you like your own phone line? She's like, that'll work. And she like takes off. When I mentioned in the beginning how this is like right at the cusp of things changing, that line. I think this was like an entire episode of Full House at one point. DJ wanted her own phone line. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Because I want to say right around 2001-ish is when I'm getting my first cell phone. It was later mm, for me. Later I think for I was, me, yeah. I know I was a sophomore. We graduated in 2004, so four, three, yeah, beginning of sophomore year is 2001. 2002? So, like, that's right when I got it. I'm actually trying to think if I had one on 9-11, and I don't think I did. I didn't, yeah. I don't, that's weird, don't actually. Remember. That's a weird benchmark, but I don't remember at this point. Because I feel like I would have remembered using it. Or getting a call from one of my parents or something like that, and I didn't. Well, it's so funny now because I associate using my phone more with text. Also, that is the very beginning of a school year, so I guess if later that oh, year yeah. you got one, so. Yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, the first couple of weeks. I don't even remember a lot. I don't remember a lot of kids even having them in school that year. Like, if I don't remember 9-11, it was everyone just sort of talking. Nobody was, like, on the phone. And even if you could, it's not like you could pull up news or anything yet. Like, phones were just phones. Honestly, not to pivot into too much of a 9-11 talk in the fun Grounded for Life episode, but I would almost think that right around that time is probably when a lot of parents who had kids around our age were like, maybe they should have a phone. 
That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what kind of like sparked the, maybe we'll spend the money on maybe it. Maybe it's good to have a way to contact them. I mean, the first time I ever got a cell phone was literally because I went to New York. I think I was junior year. I went to go play my first show in New York City. My parents were like, we'll let you go to New York, but you need to have a phone because you're a teenager and you're going to New York. It's like, that seems like a fair trade off. <laughs> and then you held on for the next like 15 years using phones of that same style. Yeah. I was a very late adopter of the, uh, smartphone my first smart my first cell phone was a mitsubishi <laughs> who i don't think make cell phones anymore i don't think so yeah sprint do they still make cars they do yeah my mom has a mitsubishi actually so um now we cut to eddie and brad who are in the living room and eddie's like trying to fix the cable and he's like see anything and brad's like i think that could be a nipple he's like that's a dog's nose <laughs> such <laughs> a weird funny. pivot yeah sean walks in and says that uh, they need to talk he's talking to brad and he's saying how, like, you know, all this stuff, you know, with, you know, with his daughter, like how it's not going to happen. He's like, but I think she really likes me. Yeah, but, you know, she doesn't really like you in that way. But when I see her, I have all these feelings. I know, but you just have to face facts like you and Lily weren't meant to be. He's like, Lily, I was talking about Mrs. Finity. <laughs> Finity. I can't say her name. Finity? <laughs> keep, no, keep saying it and keep trying because I want to have the real of you just not saying her name. Finity? Finity. It sounds weird. Finity. Because you're thinking, you're thinking of like infinity, but it's finity. I think my my I, when I say it like my brain switches the T to a D at the end, and I say finity. They all have finity stones. He's like, you know, that's my wife, right? He's like, yeah. And he's like, you're not that smart, are you, Brad? To go back when he first has this conversation with like, hey, br- hey, Brad, we need to talk. Before the whole joke of you know Brad liking his wife, not Lily. I was like, why is this conversation happening? It's unnat. Like it doesn't make sense for sean to have to break the news to brad that lily doesn't like her in that way because it was never established that brad likes her i thought he was just doing it to to make sure that this doesn't happen again yeah but the way he's talking to her it's like hey man she's just not into you like that brad was never like pining for her that was never like established so i didn't really understand so it was like just this weird like they wanted to just make the joke about the wife but the setup didn't make any sense when you like when you're watching it yeah, I wasn't really. Yeah, I guess I didn't pay attention that hard. Yeah, that makes way more sense. And again, this is what happens when you analyze these shows and you're like, wait a minute. When you actually think about it, you go, yeah. huh? It, all that's left is we have a credit scene. And so we have a scene actually while the credits are physically running over the, the video. So you can't just like skip, you know, like when they do the fast forward credits, you can't do that because they're actually using um, a scene to play the credits. And it's um, Eddie finally gets the TV going and the two boys walk in and they're like filthy because, you know, they were running through holes and stuff all day and uh eddie's like hey where's your grandpa and they're like oh he still thinks we're down in the hole we tied our flashlights to mr durkin's cat and then it cuts to grandpa like yelling down the hole saying like you can't stay down there forever and that you know and then it it cuts to like the perspective from the hole like looking up like at the, the grandpa perspective yeah like looking up at the hole and he's like trying to like reach in and grab and you just hear like the cat going like rear, rear, and like he's Still doesn't seem to realize that it's not his grandkids, and he's like reaching down there, fidgeting for them. There's a very weird. I don't, again, the grandpa doesn't work for me. I feel like the joke worked a lot better if the the thing that killed the joke to me was the cat noise. Like if he was just still assuming those were the kids down there, and it was just ten seconds shorter, and it was just the flashlight. And he's like, "You can't sit down there forever." That would have been funny, but then the cat noise kills it. Or even even if he just reaches his hand and he just gets like bit, and you don't hear the cat. And he's just like ah, and he just like takes his hand out. One of those bastards bit me. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, just kind of a weird note to end it on. And also, so they just stole the neighbor's cat and threw it down a hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, apparently. 
can't do that. Don't love that. Yeah. Not a fan of that. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the conclusion of the episode. Yeah. I don't have a lot of things to say about it afterwards. Like I don't, I've definitely seen the show in bits and pieces over time. I don't know how many times I could say I ever sat and watched the full episode of it. I don't know. I don't have a lot to go with the show. It just, it kind of was what it was. It was shot very interesting though. Kind of in the same boat. I don't think I ever watched an episode front to back. It was always just on somewhere and I caught it and I thought it was interesting enough, but I never sat down to watch it. I don't think that this was like super readily available in syndication, was it? I don't see it much these days, but I think that could be part of like where it ended on the WB. You know, it's like one of those like networks that is like now defunct. So now their properties get like shuffled and. Well, Warner Brothers is still a thing. But the WB as a network, like, isn't. So now right, it's yeah. all, like, you know, where are these shows all? Like, do they own them? Do, are other networks buying syndication rights to it? I think, too, though, when it comes to syndication, we've talked about this with a few different shows. Where and they, like, mind you, did, they did not hit 100 episodes. They were only at 91 episodes. That's true. I mean, you still can do syndication at under 100. You just make more money on 100. But, like, when this show would have gone into syndication, we would have all been, like, 21. So again, it's that perfect time where you're like, you're just not home as much when you're 21. You're like working and then you're out doing stuff and and then you're sleeping. That's like your whole life. There's not a lot of like TV. Like in 2001, we're in high school and we're just not as focused on television at that point in time of our right. lives. Right. Even when it was on new, you're out hanging out with your friends and doing stuff. Well, that's pre, pre DV, uh, TiVo and, or maybe that's right around the, the rise of TiVo, but like we didn't have DVR. Sorry, DVR. I, I didn't have it yet. And this is, I think, right before, too, like the on-demand cable where you could watch episodes the next day from the, you know, Comcast on-demand or well, whatever. Well, you know, Ferg's not here today, but, like, Ferg had, like, a TiVo, like, in one of the earlier incarnations like the of the first it. version. Ferg yeah. had, like, the first one. Crazy now, because, like, DVR is such commonplace, or now, and now we've even really evolved with streaming and everything, but, you know, when TiVos first came out, to, like, be like, what is this voodoo? Like, I can't believe they've unlocked secret things TVs can do now. Real quick, did you see that this show got canceled three episodes into the third season? Is that why is that why it swapped to the WB? No, so it moved to Fox, right? It went WB Fox or Fox WB? Fox WB. All right, because what I'm reading right now is um, Grounded for Life never found an audience. It was brought in as a mid-season replacement for a John Goodman sitcom called Normal Ohio. Normal Ohio, yeah, I remember right. that. But the but Grounded for Life aired out of order and was canceled two episodes into its third season to make room for American Idol. American Idol killed this show. Uh, I like this show a lot more than I like American Idol. Oh my god, yeah. Early seasons, I fucked with American Idol. I mean, American Idol, the first episode of every season where it was just them making fun of the people who couldn't sing, that was always enjoyable. But then I was done. I did not want to watch. Yeah. Then the show just became about the judges and not about the talent. Uh, we wouldn't have Chris Daughtry if it wasn't for American What a shame. Well, we wouldn't have Kelly Clarkson, and I do genuinely enjoy Kelly Clarkson. Like her daytime show? Yeah, mainly uh, I don't care about her music so much, but I, she puts on a great daytime talk show. I just really like Since he Been Gone. I was going to say, I got this confused, this show confused with, um, wh- I guess, what is the name of the show that the mother of Raymond did after Raymond that was a very oh. similar premise to The Middle. This. The Middle, yeah. Okay, I thought that that's what this was, and I was like, oh, this will be really cool. Which was also very similar to Malcolm, Malcolm in, the, in middle, the Middle, regardless yeah. of the fact that the names are super close. Yeah, that, was, that had to be by design, right? I thought that was a bad idea. I thought Malcolm in the Middle was so popular, and the show was so similar, that naming it The Middle was like only going to spawn bad comparisons that they couldn't right. escape. 
we cover the whole episode, so at this point, there's really nothing left to do but do the old green light or cancel. Mind you, we're a four-man today, so if we find ourselves in a tie situation, you're going to have to follow us at S1E1Pod on Instagram to find the graphic, and we'll eventually post the results later in the week, but you should be following that anyways. So go to S1E1Pod on Instagram, give us the follow button, and say hello. I'll message you back. Let's uh, go ahead and do the green light or cancel. Nick, I'm going to start with you. This is a green light. I had a lot of fun watching it. Found myself wanting to watch a second episode. The uh, not without faults. The the younger kids were the storyline surrounding them was a little and eh, the grandfather I'm still on the fence about. But the rest of the cast and the story was, you know, really interesting. I liked how it was I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I liked how it's just a, it's different than your typical sitcom. It's shot differently. It's portrayed differently with all the cutbacks and stuff like that it was refreshing i guess would be the word i'd like to use definitely want to keep watching i think it might be on my you know nighttime list now so uh we'll see what happens with it and uh yeah i enjoyed it green light gordo i'm kind of i'm actually gonna cancel this i for basically the opposite reasons of nick but like i didn't like the way it was shot I didn't like the dad. I didn't like the mom. Well, the mom was okay, but I, I just didn't like their characters. I was very pro-hole, pro-grandpa, but just something about the way that there were too many flashbacks. There was just way too many to keep that story kind of moving. I liked Uncle Eddie. I liked the grandpa, but that was really kind of it. I'm sure the show does get better. But like, if I'm going to be honest and like base it off of this one episode, that's about it. I have no desire to really see a second episode. So it's a cancel from me. Joe. Everything about Nick's review, except for the grandpa, I pretty much agree with. With Gordo, I'm pro-grandpa, I'm pro-hole. I'm kind of surprised I never saw more of this show, and I'm surprised I never made more of an effort to watch it. Especially, I really like a lot of the cast who are on this. Yeah, I this is one of those shows that not only was I like, okay, I'm going to rewatch this and I'm going to like actually I think it's streaming on Amazon now too. I was like, I'm going to watch all of this and one of those shows where I like told my wife, I was like, I think you'll really like this and we should add this to our list of like next time we need to like binge through something. And I think it says a lot when you can find a show like that too where you're like, oh, and my like significant other will enjoy watching the whole run of it too because I think it's varied enough. I really really actually enjoy this. Again, not without its faults, but yeah, this is a huge green light. Well, what an interesting predicament we're going to be in because I'm with Gordo and I'm canceling. So here's the thing. So I didn't hate it, but I'm watching it and I'm like, whatever. And I remember the first time watching, I was like, wow, that was a really simple story. Like when all was said and done, I remember messaging you guys and being like, you know, this is going to be an easy one. And then I'm rewatching it and I'm like taking my notes and stuff. And I'm like, it just seems so lazy. Like when I think about what the story actually is, it's like, Dad throws bucket of chicken at the car. Lily's upset. That's it. That's like what the whole episode's about. And they like the flashback cuts. I get that's kind of like of the time, but they relied on it way too much. Uh, I thought the dad was a little too immature. Grandpa's character wasn't for me at all. Really, I just want to spin off of Eddie. Like, just give me the Eddie show. Like, like just branch him off. I'd watch that. I thought he was great. I, and I did genuinely like, I was very entertained by his character. Yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't hate it, but... And I could see myself watching more. Like, if it was on, I wouldn't be, like, opposed to watching more episodes. But when I just dissect the the pilot, the, you know, for what I saw, it just it didn't stand out. Nothing really special about it. So I, I'm going to give it the cancel. So 
again, that means it's really up to Ferg for the tiebreaker here. So we're ending the episode on a cliffhanger. So go to our Instagram uh, later in the week. It'll be up there and um, we'll post the final results. So thank you everyone for listening. Sorry to ground it for life. I don't have an answer. You are in limbo until further notice. That means it's just going to get moved to another network. We're just going to have to sell it off to the WB until we know how we feel about it. Replace Nick Frino, licensed teacher. Of course. Thank you to everyone who listens. Again, go to s1e1pod.com. It's going to take you to all our links to everywhere we can listen, everywhere to subscribe. Be sure to give us a review. Really appreciate everyone who's been reaching out lately. Keep giving us um, suggestions for shows. We do listen to them. We try to hit them when we can. And it's great. The, the list is ever growing. And, you know, I really want to hear more shows that maybe we have forgotten about. You know, trust me, some of the ones that have been recommended are on the list. We're certainly going to get to them. So start reminding us about some shows that maybe none of us would ever think to uh, bring up. But that being said, guys, thank you for listening. Catch us again next week. We'll have another episode for you then. Take care, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. I think we got the best princess shirt. I think we got the best hole. Ha, 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 ha.